Once again, my name is Joe Crummy, one of the leaders here, and I'm going to speak this morning. And we're going to continue, uh, really, with sort of a continuation of what we've been doing over the last year as we've been looking from the book of Acts. And also, we've been uh, starting a new year and sort of a new uh, season of uh, church life. And many things uh, that we're taking a look at are going to be changing and different things as our church grows. And so we just want to bring some teaching into that and what we're going to be doing over the next several months. And Gary uh, spoke last week from um, the end of the book of Acts, and I'll just put up the verse he used from Acts 28, verse 31. And this is Paul proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And really, that's what we're going to continue to do today. And that's what's gone on for the last 2,000 years as uh, Christians and followers of Jesus have been talking about Jesus, recognizing there's been events that have taken place, which we just celebrated at Christmas, historical events of Jesus being born here on planet Earth, historical events about his life and his death, and at Easter, again, we another event, and we've been singing about this morning, about his death, but also his resurrection, another event, his ascension, how he returned to heaven, another event, Pentecost Sunday, when he poured out his Holy Spirit to his followers, and that changed everything, and we're going to pick that up here in a couple of minutes, and Jesus said this, one of his last things that he said as he was returning to heaven. So we're looking at, uh, I'll just read it out here from Matthew 28. And it says, then Jesus came to them, that's his disciples, and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus gives this very specific command And Paul, one of his followers, as we read here, he did this. He went about proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, while boldness without hindrance. That was his life and was executed for it. Christians wrote the ages of it. And that's what we're doing here today. And we're making, we're going and trying to make disciples, both individually and corporately as a church. And so here's just a quick definition of a disciple, okay? I'll give you a few from the dictionary. An active intentional learner, an apprentice or a student, and a practitioner. So there's the student part of it, but there's also the doing part of it. A follower of a particular teacher. A disciple is accountable to someone who knows them and helps them to learn and grow and live. A disciple is outwardly orientated, focused on helping others learn what it means to be a disciple. So a disciple means a learner, an apprentice, a student, a practitioner, a follower, accountable, a helper, and also becomes themselves a teacher. So being a disciple of Jesus is all of those things and more. So when we say that we're going to follow Jesus, we're not just talking about a one-time event or a one-time prayer. It's a lifelong thing. And it involves us being good students, learners, apprentices, but it also means we get to help and teach others. And that's what's being a follower of Jesus is all about. And that's why God's given his, his church. And we see this, that we're connected, prime, first of all, and this is what we always have to come back to as a disciple, we're connected to Jesus. So we're not just connected to a statement of belief. We're not just connected to a philosophy or something like that. We're connected to the living God, second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. That is who we are united with. When we become followers of Jesus, we're connected to Jesus. And therefore, we're now part of, and just as Gary had that picture, and everything through worship was so helpful this morning, what we're going to talk about, Jesus' 
so many things. But one thing he is, he's a king of his kingdom. And it's a different kingdom than here on earth. Kingdom of love and glory and all these holiness, all these different things. And we, as we bow the knee and confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become part of his kingdom. And now his kingdom is all about him saving, Jesus healing, Jesus delivering people from evil spirits, Jesus releasing people from as Marley shattered out, anxiety, fear, all these different things that either become little G-gods or idols in our lives. Jesus frees us from those things so that we can passionately follow him. And then we see that Jesus is the head of his church. So how does he extend his kingdom? He does it through his church, his body. Okay, so we're just trying to give a big picture here of what things are all about. And then we're going to bring it down sort of to our day, to our time. Those are big things for the last 2,000 years that you should be a part of. No matter where you are in a church or anything, these are some fundamental things that should be foundational. And that's what we want to bring home to us today. And the thing is also is that we get to live this out in 2012 now in Fredericton, New Brunswick, in Canada. And just as you read some things in the Bible and through the New Testament that 2,000 years ago, culturally, they were dealing with that sometimes we don't quite understand and say, well, that doesn't, you know, affect us. Well, 2,000 years later, we have some things in church life being in Canada that affect us that maybe didn't affect the early church. And I'm going to give you a highlight on a few of them, okay? They probably didn't have to worry about whether or not to be an incorporated uh, entity, They probably didn't have to worry about bylaws. They certainly didn't have to worry about the Canadian Revenue Agency, but the Romans were pretty good with their taxes, so that's, uh, we can, and they probably didn't have to worry about any insurance on wherever they met. But we do, okay? That's part of where we are today, living in Canada. And what we're trying to do is, we're trying to take our biblical values and see how they fit into, and how do we live them out practically, living here in Canada in 2012. And sometimes they bump heads uh, with each other. And a lot of times, things that are structured here in Canada are actually a help to us. And as we go through, we're trying to figure out, okay, biblical values, word of God, that's our final thing. Local church has leadership. We understand that. We've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I was uh, teasing uh, Reese Scott, who's uh, he and Sarah leading the church plant in Vancouver. And I was talking to Skype with, on, with Reese this week as he's working out a lot of these details. And I said, there should, it should go probably in this order. Lawyer, accountant, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, <laughs> teachers. Because Reese is trying to start a church. And all of a sudden, as much as we've told him ahead of time, you know what? Like, the biblical stuff, as hard as trying to hear from God and walk in faith, that's easy. Dealing with the... All the other things, that's the hard part. And as he's learning, so we had good news this week. He's able to rent their first uh, facility for their church plant. The problem is, if you read all the fine print, you can't rent if you're not incorporated. If you don't have this type of insurance, you can't do this. And all of a sudden, Reese is pulling his hair out, realizing this is what we told you about. (laughs) These things happen because this is where we live. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to put that first, okay? How the church is organized, how we follow Jesus, we're trying to put that first in our everyday life. And then we have to contextualize it to how do all these things, which many of you don't really care about, that's fine, but they're necessary. That's why we have to talk about them, because they do affect you, whether you know it or not. How do we do these things in our day and in our time that we remain 
true to Jesus, and I know many people just say, I just want to follow Jesus. I don't want to understand about all that other stuff. That's great, but a few of us do, okay? And we have to make sure we're clear that you understand what we're all about. And after all our research and everything, we realize it's advantageous to us as a church in our day and our time to be incorporated. And that helps a lot of protection for when you go to rent things, for insurance purposes, for liability, all that. We realize there's some good things to go along with that. And we looked at the pros and cons if we just sort of disband it as an incorporation and we might just purely as, you know, sort of volunteers together, we could do that, but then there's a lot of ramifications of that. And if you're going to be incorporated, then you need bylaws. The government wants to know, as a, you incorporate it as a business, who's, who are the directors, who are the shareholders, how do you get directors, how do you become a shareholder, how do you not become a shareholder if you are one. All those details need to get worked out, Okay. Canadian Revenue Agency, there's a good one, okay? A lot of times, the guidelines we have to follow, they're actually very helpful to us because they bring about accountability that we as leaders can't scam you of loads of money. So that's a good thing. But they also restrict sometimes, as a charity, what you can and cannot do. So you have to understand all that so you don't do things illegally because we want to be people of integrity who also obey the law, which Jesus did. He paid Taxes, coin in a fish's mouth. Ah, that's such a great story. I love that one. Anyways, that's a whole other bunny trail. But just to say, because some people say, well, Jesus, he never had dealt with anything. Hey, they said, how are you going to pay your taxes? Peter, go down. First fish you catch, it's going to have a coin in its fish's mouth. Pay unto Caesar, okay? That's sort of in our day and in our time. And then insurance. Woo-wee. That's a biggie. As we've experienced early on in our days when we first got a building and Somebody was renting at our building, and they tripped and fell and got hurt and sued us. All of a sudden, you think, insurance? Like, man, not, I don't see insurance in the Bible. That's not a big a deal. It's a big deal, okay? <laughs> Let's just say it's a big deal. And who's responsible and who's going to be liable? Folks, those are the things we're dealing with. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to sort these things out. Because as you grow, okay, what fit, the clothes that fit when you were smaller don't fit anymore as you grow. And you've got to get new clothes. And some of the things we did before... When we were smaller as a church, with our bylaws, with our finances, things worked well. But as we've grown, they don't fit anymore, and we have to change. And what we want to do over the next few months is we want to explain to you some of these changes. And some of you, it's going to go right over your head. I can tell you right now, you're not going to have any sweet clue, and you're going to be fine with that. We trust you. Just, I just want to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. We appreciate that. Okay? Some of you are going to say, I never knew any of this happened in the first place. Now you've got me curious. Now I want to know more. And that could be a good or a bad thing. Okay? It's good that you understand what's going on. It could be bad that it could become too much of a distraction to worshiping Jesus and following Jesus. And we've seen many, many churches all throughout get caught up in the minute details of church government and life that sinks the church. Okay? So we want to be careful we don't want to be ignorant and never talk about things. We're open and honest. Here's where we're at, and you can understand. But at the same time, we don't want to get so focused on bylaws and everything that we miss the main point of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? Do you follow me in that tension of understanding, hey, in our day and our time, these things are important. I need to understand where my money's going, how it's being used. I'm getting a tax receipt. We're responsible to the government for those things. We have to understand... If we're in a corporation, there's certain guidelines we need to follow. 
and we're going to try to follow those, understanding that's all under the umbrella of the Word of God and how Jesus has structured and organized his church to be a living, vibrant body. There's a tension sometimes in those things, and we're trying our best to work those things out. I'm saying some of this because we're going to be changing some of our bylaws and different things to line up more with what we feel are biblical values. So over the next couple of months, you're going to hear some of these things. And as I said, some of you are just going to say, I'm tuning out right now. You guys sort it out. Some of you are going to say, well, I'm curious. I want to know more. Well, and hopefully you're going to be like, wow, this is good. And some of you might be confused or you might be sort of saying, what in the world's going on? I don't understand it. And we might need to help guide you through a bit more. That's okay. Here's my thing. Don't freak out. Okay? Please just don't freak out. Almost everything we're doing, if you've been in this church and it's been a blessing to you over the last few months, last few years, you will hardly notice any changes at all because we're already doing what we're doing. We're actually a little bit behind in bringing the legal part more in alignment with it. So for some of you, you were not going to notice any changes whatsoever. Okay? But you still underneath need to understand the process and why we're doing what we're doing. Okay? We want to be clear biblically. We want to be clear with the government. And this is the other thing we want to do. As Reese is finding out in Vancouver, as we're looking to church plant, hopefully in Charlottetown, Halifax, different areas, we would love to be a blessing to have a blueprint and something that works that people like Reese don't have to spend all their upfront time sorting out because we have a model in place that people can use that will save them hours, days, weeks, months of headaches of trying to be a lawyer, an accountant, when they're not a lawyer or an accountant to figure these things out. So we're trying to get a blueprint in place that we can use for church planning that will save our church planners and be a blessing to them that works here in Canada. So this is another reason why we're doing it now and we're trying to get it right. And folks, we've been like two or three years working on this. Okay? And some of you who have joined us have been like, how do I become a member? What's membership all about? And we haven't had any new members for like three or four years now because we just put it on hold until we get some of these things sorted out. And as soon as you mention membership, again, woo, that causes all kinds of things with people. We're just trying to keep it really simple. Okay? We're saying, here's what our church believes. Here's how our church is structured. You know everything about how finance are taken care of, leadership, decision-making, following Jesus. And over the next few months, we're going to explain that again in detail so that you can say, yeah, I feel comfortable with that, and I can be on board with this. Some things you're going to say, you know what, I don't fully agree, but it's that one of those open-handed things that, you know what, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. And as we say sometimes, it's a bit like parenting sometimes. This is how we're choosing to parent our kids some other parents raise them differently, but we get to pick and choose our battles. And at the end of the day, this is how we're doing it. So you might say, well, other churches believe this or other churches do it this way. And at the end of the day, you have to decide, am I comfortable? Am I believe Jesus has placed me here to be a committed member in the sense of his body to it? And that's what we're going to give lots of freedom to be able to walk that out. Okay, so what we're going to do Starting today, as we're going to go over these next couple of months, a lot of the things that we just feel are foundational 
things so you understand our church life, so that you are clear with what it is. And we're coming at it not saying this is what it is to be a member. We're saying this is what it is we believe to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you're doing that, then this comes with it. Do you see the difference? Become a disciple first, whether you ever join this church or not. That's the main thing. And then here, in our, just as I say to our kids, well, hey, other families might do it this way. This is our house. This is our family. Here's how we're doing it. We're saying, humbly, this is our church. God's put us as elders, as leaders over it. And there's some things that, yep, yeah, hey, at the end of the day, we've got to decide on. And this is where we're settling. And if you're going to be part of this, we ask you to get on board with that. You're not going to agree with everything. We already know that. But what we don't want is we don't want an attitude that comes across those things or we don't want anything within our church where people say, well, yeah, you know, I disagree with that. And they start telling everybody else how much they disagree with it and why it's not right. That doesn't benefit anybody. Okay, so you need to be able to talk to us and say, you know what, Joe, Kevin, Gary, hey, we don't agree with this and we've got to talk it out. Okay, so there's no gun to your head. There's lots of freedom to be able to talk those things through. Okay, that's the preamble for the next few months. And we're going to come back to some of these things, whether you like it or not, because it's necessary with some bylaw changes, some updates from different things. And hopefully we'll get to walk through this together and we'll be able to laugh about it as well. Okay. All right. Let's look at our scripture verse for today. We're going to go back to Acts chapter two. And this is Peter preaching. And again, the context is we're looking at some foundational things of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and going through the book of Acts. We're going to kind of highlight some of these things that never grow old, they're fundamental and they're foundational and they're everyday life. And this is Peter after Jesus has returned to heaven, the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And this is one of the first message that he gives to people who are wondering about Jesus. So let's pick it up here. It says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the, the definitive plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So that great sovereignty of God, and yet we're responsible. God raised him up, loosing from the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And then we're going to skip ahead. This Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing in hearing. A bit similar to what, we, what I was just trying to do today. If you're here, guess you're new, you're like, what's all this worship about? Why are people raising their hands? Who is this Jesus? We had a tongue in a different language. What's that all about? We had an interpretation. We had Robin share about the parachute. And you're like, what's that all about? And Gary sharing about a king and a balcony and a picture. And I'm saying, this is that, okay? We're explaining what you've seen and witnessed. And that's what makes Christianity different from other religions. It's a lot. Jesus is alive today. And we get to testify about the things not only back then, but that we see and hear about today. That's what Peter's saying. I'm a witness to these things. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, that's Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. 
So what we're going to do quickly today is we're going to take a look at a couple of things that are fundamental in our message about Jesus that's important for us to understand, but it's also important for us as followers of Jesus when we share as witnesses of Jesus that we keep these things in before us as fundamental aspects of us sharing about Jesus. And if you can remember, uh, let me see, I don't know if we've got, there we go, that's a perfect illustration. I kind of think of it this way, okay? You have a stool or a chair, it has four legs to keep it nice and solid. And there's four things that Peter mentions that are foundational for us being followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at two of them today. He says, repent, okay, believe in Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at baptize, be baptized in the name of Jesus. And it also talks about receiving the Holy Spirit. So today, we're going to look at repentance and faith. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, that's the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, the first thing he said was, repent. And this is a word that doesn't get talked a lot about in our world today. It doesn't get talked a lot about in church today. And the only time you usually see it is when someone's mocking Christianity because somebody's out on the, the world's going to end tomorrow. And it has the word repent. And I think I told you before where I grew up, I grew up near Ski Wentworth. And one of the big signs just before you got to Ski Wentworth was repent. And it was always like this, man, if I get to the top of the hill and I'm scared and I'm going to crash, get sorted out before you go skiing, repent, okay? Kind of ironic where it was placed. But it's one of those words, when you hear about Jesus, as Peter preached about Jesus, and maybe that's what's happened here this morning, maybe that's the, where you're at in life, hang out with Christians. Some of you are here for Christmas Eve when we talked about this. When, you, when God reveals to you Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, that Jesus is alive today, when you begin to understand what Jesus has done for you, that God loves you, that this whole issue of sin and the whole thing of needing a substitute and you need a savior and you humble yourself. And as they were cut to the heart, they asked this question, what do we need to do? And some of you are in that place today or you're getting very close. You're saying, okay, I'm learning more and more. Then what do I need to do? And this is foundational. First thing you need to do is repent. Repentance is a big deal. And you're not going to hear about it. I can guarantee, I'd love to do it, to go to chapters and look under the self-help books, okay, which is probably the biggest section in chapters, and I'd love to see in any self-help book if the word repentance is in there. I'd just be curious. Anyways, that's a little bunny trail, but I'd be very curious because no one else talks about it, and yet for Peter, it's a big deal. The first thing he says as part of those sort of four legs to the chair is this, repent. And what do we need by repentance? Well, again, when you receive revelation about who Jesus is, this is always the first thing that comes. And the word repentance, it means this. It means either to turn from, so that whole 180 degree turns. You're going this way and you turn from that. You turn or to, or to return to. So there's an important thing in there about if you're already a Christian, repentance is still really important because sometimes we get sidetracked and we need to repent and turn back to what we've already left. But repentance, here's some things just very quickly, okay? means to turn from or return to. So repentance is actually movement. Okay? It's not just feeling, sometimes we think repentance is, oh, I feel sorry for what I've done. It's more than that. It actually requires movement. You're turning from something to another. To repent, it's very personal. So sometimes we can just kind of think, well, you know, as part of being a church, you know, well, I'm now part of a church or whatever, and sort of some of these things just happen sort of corporately. 
As Gary shared that picture this morning about the king knowing every person and loving and every person there bowing the knee was touched by Jesus. They knew Jesus personally. Repentance, when we come to Jesus, okay, this is what makes what we're talking about different than some things. It's not just a corporate thing. It is, but it starts with a very personal thing. To repent is a personal decision. Okay? It's taking ownership to say, I was wrong. It's a very humbling thing. And that's why you're not going to find it anywhere else. Okay? It goes against our pride. And our pride is, I can do it on my own. My pride is, okay, yeah, I'm sorry I got caught or whatever. Whatever it might be. Repentance is this. I know I've sinned against God and I need to turn from it. It's a very personal thing. Personal, personal, personal. That we get to take ownership of it. And we don't have time to get into all the details today. But when God reveals by His Spirit, by His Word, and we say, what do I have to do to be saved? Repentance is recognizing personally, okay, even if I think I'm good compared to everybody else, towards God, I've sinned against God, I fall short of God's standards, I've disobeyed God personally, I've rebelled against God, and we ask for forgiveness for that. It's a very personal thing. It's also a very practical step. The Bible's full of it. Peter says it, and we see it all through the book of Acts. When you repent, it's a personal, I'm sorry, we ask for forgiveness, but it's this. You stop doing what you know is wrong, and you start doing what you know is right. So in the book of Acts, we see it all the way. Those who were stealing, stop stealing. That's part of repentance. Okay, it's not just saying, sorry, forgiven, and then you go back to doing the same thing. Repentance is, it's a heartfelt, I am sorry, I am forgiven, now I stop doing what I'm doing, and I replace it with something good. So instead of stealing, now I'm going to be generous. Instead of lying, now I'm going to stop doing that, I'm going to start speaking the truth. Instead of gossiping, I'm going to be encouraging. That is repentance. It's a very practical thing. John the Baptist said it. You've got to keep, you know, you've got to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Jesus said the same thing. It's a very turning from something, turning to Jesus, and he helps you with that. To repent is to change perspective. Repentance, it's the Greek word, okay, metanoia, which means to change one's mind. So we're talking about some serious change here. Okay? It's not just a fleeting thing. It requires changing one's mind, changing one's heart, changing direction. And all the way through the book of Acts, the disciples were always saying about the way. Because you know what? You're off the old way, and now you're on the new way, and the new way is following Jesus. Because when we come to Jesus, we're not just forgiven, as we're going to see in the second point, and then we're kind of get back to zero. Rep- following Jesus is, yes, it's an event in that you're saved, born again, born of a spirit, but you're called to follow Jesus. And sometimes Christianity gets presented as a one-time deal. You pray a sinner's prayer, and which is great, but then what do you do after that? You're called to follow Jesus. It's a change of thinking. It's a change of heart. It's a change of direction. Repentance is to change one's mind. It affects every aspect of your being. So it's a big deal. Okay? Repentance is not just a little thing. It's a big thing. And as God's Spirit convicts us, and we realize wow, there is a God, I realize Jesus is real, and we say, what do I need to do? This is the first part. So it means you're going to give up some things. Okay. So this is where it, uh, 
it's not fun, in a sense, to be a follower of Jesus. Because we think, oh man, if I come to Jesus, he'll meet all my needs. He'll, hey, that will happen, but it's not about you. It's about you surrendering and humbling and following Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, you need to give up some things. You need to give up some attitudes, some actions, and you've got to be willing to follow Jesus and allow him, as you do that, he's going to meet your needs. But do you see a me-centered way and a God-centered way? Me-centered way is, hey, I'm forgiven now. Jesus, what else you got for me? As opposed to a God-centered way is, Jesus, thank you that you've forgiven me, but now I'm following you. What's next? And as we do that, we need to give up some things, and he'll replace them with things that are from him. And to repent, it's ongoing. So it might happen, say, when we pray a prayer, maybe we become a Christian, but it's not just a one-time deal. It's an ongoing thing. And that's why that first thing to turn from and, or to return to. As a Christian, we need to go on repenting. And I think we forget this sometimes. Okay? We know we've wandered from God. Maybe we're thinking the wrong things. We're doing the wrong things. Maybe we're just being a bit lukewarm. How do we get back? We repent is one of the first things. We're sorry. We confess. But then it's followed by action. Okay, so we can't forget these things and say, well, that's just for when I first became a Christian, I repented, and now, no, it's an ongoing thing that we always come back, make sure that we're following. And I'll just say, we have to be open today for God speaking to us, just as Peter spoke and they responded and said, what do I have to do? Maybe during worship today, through this message today, even if you're a Christian here this morning, you've got to be open to the Holy Spirit saying, hey, hey, because I love you, there's some things that need to change. We have to humble ourselves, turn from them, and turn to Jesus to follow him. Briefly, again, the second foundation, if repentance is one of them, Peter said this. He said, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus. So as we've talked about many times, Adam had a great message two weeks ago. I encourage you to go online. He he explained it in a bit more fuller than what I'm going to do right now, from January 1st. Okay, I encourage you to go hear that. Peter says this, repent, but he's also saying, you have to know that this Jesus who we're talking about is both Lord and Christ. He is the Savior, and he is Lord. He's both. And he's saying, as he goes through, that putting your faith in Jesus Christ, this is God's way of doing things. Okay? He says it all the way through the Bible. God's way of having a relationship with him is not memorizing stuff and passing the right test and having all the right answers. God's way has always been this. It's living by faith. And now, he's saying, Peter's saying, Jesus said, okay, this is who God has provided. His son, Jesus Christ, prophesied all the way through the Old Testament. Now he's the one. Now, John the Baptist, this is the Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's believing what God has said about his son. That's having faith. When we talk about believing, it's more than just a head knowledge. It's, it's all of who we are, putting our faith, hope, trust, desires, hopes, everything into Jesus. And folks, we all have faith. Okay? All the way through, and I've argued this with a lot of my atheist friends and everything, okay? You think, well, no, faith, as soon as you talk about faith, that's just a religious thing. I'm an atheist. I don't have anything to do with faith. 
depends on how you define faith. We all put our hope, trust, belief, values, however, whatever words, purpose in life, anything, all those different words to describe. Okay? Atheists are putting faith in that there's no God. Okay? But it is, it's a belief, and it affects their lives. So we have to make sure we all have faith, we all worship something. The question is, who or what are we putting our faith into? Who or what are we worshiping? And faith is always God's way. We read this in Hebrews. The writer says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith doesn't just, okay, about our five senses. Faith is believing God. And that's how God set it up all the way through. Faith is believing God's word. And that's why we value the word of God. Is that how do we get to know God? He's revealed it to us in his written word, and he's revealed it to us in his son, who is, as we saw before Christmas in John chapter 1, he is the word of God. So faith comes from hearing the word of God. One of the reasons we teach and preach every week is we believe the word of God, that if we preach and teach it and people hear it, God uses that to bring faith and salvation to people. Faith is believing God's word. We're saved by faith, as we've been singing this morning. Okay? We see that in our good old banner man, John 3.16. Okay? Someone shouted out John 3.16 to me. Nice and loud. Folks, there's, in a nutshell, the word believe is in there. God's done his part. He sent his son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. Not to simplify it too much, but we don't want to make it too complicated either, is that we're saved by faith. That we're saved by believing that God sent his son into the world as we just hear over and over again at Christmas. It's so wonderful, all those great carols, but we can just totally miss it. That he's provided a way for us to know him, to be forgiven, and we we believe God sent his son. Historical evidence, we believe it by faith. We also put our trust in Jesus. How do I get right with God? How do I get to know God? We trust that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other. We don't add anything to it. We can't take anything away. So we can't add anything to it. It's, I believe God sent his son. I believe God's real. Okay, I believe that God desires a relationship with me. He made a way through his son. And I'm going to put my trust in Jesus as my savior. That he's my redeemer, my rescuer. We're going to confess it with our mouth. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart. God raised him from the dead. That's all part of, that's why confession is so important. And then we do our part by receiving this gift that God's given to us. He's given us the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of his Holy Spirit. And by faith, we receive it. Not just dependent upon what our feelings are, or a lot of the times our feelings are affected but we're basing it on the truth of God's word.
foundational, foundational, foundational. And as Adam said, I'm just going to refer you to Adam's message two weeks ago. If you didn't hear it, okay, we're justified by faith. That's the whole legal term. I just don't have time because we've run out of time this morning. The legal term that the Bible says, before God, we were guilty of sin. And if you're guilty, then you are condemned. But Jesus came, and if you can picture yourself in a court of law, that Jesus has come in as our substitute, and he takes our place. And he who was innocent, declared innocent, he was, lived the perfect life, he was innocent, takes our spot legally, and the condemnation and the declared guilty is put on him. And he pays the penalty for our sins. He gave up his life. And not only are therefore we declared justified, just as if I'd never sinned, we're right with God. Jesus also gives us his innocence and his righteousness, his right standing with God. We are justified. Hallelujah. That's our legal position before God. And then we're also walked by faith. So again, that's a one-time, you're born again, prayer that forever changes your life. Okay? But then we also walk by faith. We live by faith. Okay? We're sanctified. We become more like Jesus by believing more and more about Jesus. That our attitudes, our character, our mindsets, our perspective, all those things change as we walk and as we live by faith. And folks, okay, everyone's looking for a great adventure. Everyone's looking for the Nike Just Do It. I want to take on the world. Everyone's looking for all these things. Folks, if you commit to following Jesus Christ, you know what he's done for you, you will live the greatest adventure on planet Earth. Because you're going to walk through stuff that you're not, you're not sure if you're going to get through, and you're going to have to call out and hold on because you got to know what Jesus is holding on to you. Okay? He might send you places you never thought you'd ever go. He's going to do things in your life. Just even think about it. Just even be able to hear from God. Even in your own time, reading God's word and God reveals things to you. Okay? Boy, that's the greatest thing on planet Earth. I'm telling you. When God speaks to me, I know it's a bit selfish, but boy, there's nothing else like it. Let alone God puts you together. I was just thinking of the worship team even here this morning. A thought just crossed my mind. You know, you got Keith with the hoodie on, playing the electric guitar. I'm just like, what other team would, you know, where else? A band isn't going to get together like that band right there in the world. I can, um, I can guarantee it. You're not going to have Peter Steves and Debbie and Janelle and John and Keith and all them put together. Trevor, it's just not going to happen. Only in church could that ever happen. What a diverse bunch. That's a great adventure. Just trying to even work together. Some of your life groups, you know what? That's a great adventure. Okay. Some of you come to university. You're like, man, I came to university to get a degree. I didn't know my life was going to be forever changed because God's got me plugged in and connected to Jesus. God's given me a vision for local church. Now we're talking about church planning. I never even heard of church planning. You're on the great adventure because now you're living by faith because you've got a different leader over your life. And that leader isn't you anymore. The leader isn't all the commercialism and consumerism. The leader isn't some other worldview. Okay? The leader now is Jesus Christ who now has become not only our Savior, but the Lord of our life. He's the leader of our life. He's the leader of this church. And now we get to walk by faith. So the question is, just to wrap things up, and I know this is a quick overview, 
question is, whenever we meet on a Sunday, okay, this is different from a lecture, and that you're just getting information put at you just for you to then say, okay, I've got it written down, on to the next class. The difference is always application. I've heard these things, now what am I going to do with them? The crowd who heard Peter, okay, they heard about Jesus, they heard about his ways, heard about his plans. They asked at the end, what do we do now? And folks, I'm hoping you're asking, okay, some of you might be here, you don't know Jesus, you might be asking, what do I do now? I need to hear more, okay, and we want to be able to follow up, talk to you, explain things in a more full and clearer way. But we want you to respond to the revelation that God's giving to you, that the lights are coming on, that's God working in your life by his Holy Spirit, we want you to respond to that. For some of you here today, you're already Christians, you need to maybe respond again. And maybe there's things you realize, there's some repentance, things I need to take care of. Maybe there's some, I'm not walking by faith issues that, okay, God's stirring me again. I want to be able to walk by faith. I need to live by, am I taking God's word? Am I taking God's promises? Am I really believing them? Am I really trusting in them? Have I made other things my functional God? That's the challenge to us here today. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of months, these foundational things. You can never check the foundations too much in our lives. Okay? Becoming a Christian or understanding Christianity, does repentance, is that part of the foundation? Do I understand that? Have I done that? Is that an ongoing thing in my life? Faith. Am I walking by faith? Am I believing God's word about Jesus for salvation? Am I believing God's word for living out my life every day as a Christian, as a disciple, a learner, a follower, an apprentice, a student, of Jesus Christ. Those are the questions you have to answer. And I encourage you this week, take some time. Okay? Maybe in your life groups this week, you need to talk about some of these things in your own quiet time. Maybe together with your friends as a couple. Okay? I encourage you and I challenge you okay? to make sure these things are foundational in our lives. Okay? The praise of God for our good. Okay? Let's pray together and we'll close things off. Father, we want to thank you today, again, that you're God, and that you love us, and that, God, you're all about your glory, and that as part of you being worshipped, God, you made a way for us to become worshippers of you, to return to you again, our creator, through your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you that you do forgive us, you give us a right standing with you legally through Jesus Christ, we thank you that you pour out your spirit, and we can know you experientially as well that we now have a helper, that we're not on our own. Because, God, we can never do it on our own. And now, God, I pray, Lord, for people here this morning who don't know Jesus, I pray now, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring revelation and conviction? Would you lead people to Jesus, our Savior? Lord, for those of us who you have blessed, God, that we're humble, God, you've saved us. God, we want to live and walk by faith. God, we want to continue, Lord, to repent from things we need to turn from, God, so that we can turn to you and follow you and believe you and live this great adventure. God, that you might be glorified. God, we pray that today, Lord, through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.